Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Sunday, Saturday, oh, the weekend. Um, and uh, we reflect on uh, Maradona and um, how uh, the, the general mood of the nation is in Argentina right now, or over the weekend anyway. Uh, Jack finally gets out of isolation. Uh, what was Buy Nothing Day about? And Bet G of Magnolia Kitchen fame also joins Jack at the end of the pod. But before any of that, um, yeah, the Greens aren't finished with cannabis just yet. So tell us what you were trying to do. Um, so what we want to do is we want to have a citizens-initiated referendum held on the decriminalisation of possession of cannabis. Um, I mean, we think that we held this referendum on legalisation, and it, you know, it was such a narrow result. Um, and the question really there was, it was a very specific specific drug law change, and then the government wants to come out now and say, no, we shouldn't change drug laws at all. Um, and I'm not sure that's fair, given, given that there likely is a mandate for what would be a more moderate option. How different is that from what we currently have? Well, I mean, you could argue how different it is, um, but I think it makes a substantial difference given, I mean, we have had changes to drug laws to try and make it more sort of health-focused, but there are still a lot of convictions for cannabis possession. Um, and it's very unequal. I think that's the real problem as well, is because at the moment it comes down to police discretion, whether to whether to give a warning, whether to give a, a uh, diversion, or whether to whether to prosecute. And so when something like that is down to police discretion, I think it becomes inevitable that there will be inequalities in how it is how it is enforced, and that's kind of what's really important. Yeah, be nice to cops. I think that's what it comes down to, isn't it? If you've got a good relationship with your cop, um, you can get away with more stuff. I think, is that, is that what he's saying? That's how life should work, isn't it? Um, anyway, life's not working at all well for Maradona anymore. In fact, it stopped working completely last week. Uh, how's life in Argentina without him? So what is the mood of the country at the moment? Well, I would say that Argentina is trying to get back to normality after uh, Diego's body was uh, buried yesterday in the cemetery uh, in the in the suburbs of Buenos Aires, in the same place where his parents' uh, bodies remain as well. Uh, something that was a very special desire in his life. So I think Argentina is now trying to be back in normality. Uh, three days of national mourning do not mean uh, three days without going to the office or those kind of things. It's just a, a, a protocol of memory uh, for for Diego. And after the big uh, the big crowd that went to the presidential palace. Yesterday to, 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 well, yesterday is, uh, I mean, by, by third, by yesterday, I mean Thursday, because I know it's already Saturday there in New Zealand. Um, but, but yeah, yeah on, on Thursday, uh, the, to, to go to the funeral and then the country is trying to go back to normality and planning the, the, the upcoming weeks in our sports as well. It's difficult for us here in New Zealand to get our heads around just how, how treasured and how loved he is in Argentina. Can you explain that to us? Well, I could say that Diego was, uh, first of all, football is the biggest sport in Argentina, as it is in lots of countries around the world. I know that some places in Oceania tend to, to, to prefer other sports, uh, which are also uh, quite known and followed here in Argentina, like rugby, for example. But uh, football is a huge passion, and it's a way of living in Argentina. It's a way of living. Wow, it's a way of living. 
I mean, when I think of football, I think of uh, not much scoring and uh, pretending that uh, somebody else has hurt you. Those are the two things that I think of most. I, and then and people who like you beating each other up. Those are the three things that I... It's, it's the way of life in Argentina. I don't think he meant that. I'm just being, uh, just being silly. It's my job on this podcast. Uh, Jax, out of ISO. Must be a relief. I think we need to consider a more nuanced system going forward for people arriving, depending on where they've come from. It absolutely makes sense for Pakistani cricketers or other people arriving from COVID hotspots to go through the full two-week system. But maybe not everyone. I also think the vast majority of people going through MIQ should feel and do feel grateful. I know there have been stories in the news with people moaning about the food and this and that. But in my experience, we were treated incredibly well. We were treated generously and sensitively with a sense of humour. None of us wanted to be there, but everyone got on with it. And honestly, it was fine. The time went much faster than I expected. Once the day 12 test results were back and we only had one more night, we woke up early the next morning. Each group had to visit the nurse and we were allowed to sit in the massive atrium of the hotel and remove our masks for breakfast. It was the first time I had seen most people's faces. The soldiers, the nurses, the hotel staff all said goodbye. We were the 27th flight they had had through isolation. On Thursday morning at 7.35am, exactly two weeks since our plane landed in Auckland, we climbed on a bus and left the hotel. A Tainui representative gave us one final farewell. Welcome to the team of five million. So, uh, bussing back from Hamilton to Auckland, what's the mask situation there? And also, it's a long way to have to wear a mask too, isn't it? Just a few more details, Jack. Come on, this is the stuff I'm really worried about. Hey, what's a buy nothing day? So you shut up shop on Friday. What's, what's going on? Yeah, well, um, we kind of feel like the whole Black Friday shopping frenzy has got a little bit out of control. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're consuming too many resources, and so we wanted to do something to throw a spotlight on the problem of our collective overconsumption, and so we decided to close our doors for the day and celebrate Buy Nothing Day instead. In terms of Black Friday, um, what are your concerns with that particular day? Is is it just simply the the massive amount of packaging and and um, and non necessary purchases, or is it packaging, or is it sort of a bit of both? Yeah, so Black Friday is something which has kind of crept into New Zealand over the last few years. Retailers seem to have embraced it with gusto, mm. um, but I guess the problem with it is that kind of that kind of um, sale it fuels unnecessary consumption. Um, it encourages to buy pe- for people to buy stuff that they don't necessarily need. Mm. So it's not just the packaging; it, it's just the overconsumption in general. And we're just, um, you know, our, our natural world's in a state of decline at the moment. We're using far too many resources. We're creating massive amounts of pollution, and we're leaving a trail of waste behind for our kids to deal with. And I kind of feel like we've got to stop and and um, think about think yeah. about our behaviour a bit more. Do you think? 
Is it one of those um, days where also we, we don't really stop to con- question our consumerism, consumerism? We just look at the bargains and before we buy stuff we don't need. Uh, uh, mindfulness is a, it's sort of the catch, for, the catch word these days, but is there such a thing as more mindful buying? So I went and bought, um, I, I went out to buy new running shoes um, because what I tend to do with running shoes is I wear them until they start actually physically hurting me. And then I think, ah, it's time to probably get some more. And uh, the ones I found were so cheap, I actually bought two pair. But I am worried now that because I've got the spare pair, because my, my thinking is is that next time I won't dilly-dally, I'll just swap to the new pair once the old pair. At the moment they start hurting me, I'll just swap. But now I'm worried that because I've got them there, I might just start wearing them before my shoes start hurting me. Change my whole system. Is that mindful? Is that good for the environment or? Probably not. I just put my old ones away. You recycle running shoes? Make new running shoes out of them? Uh, we're gonna finish up with uh, something else you can buy, cakes. Uh, Bets G of Magnolia Kitchen, which is actually one of my local cake shops. Uh, she's pretty famous because she's r- r- she writes baking books. Can I start by making some really um, dumb and obvious observations about sure, the book? Sure, go for it. Okay, first of all, it's about so much more than cooking. Yes, it's not, it's, I mean it. It's not really a recipe book in the same way that your first book was. Exactly. Um, my second observation is that it's gorgeous. Yes. It is just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you get you're opening up the bonnet. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, for, for really. Those of us yeah, mortals, we can like you can actually plot the process. Yeah, exactly. For some of these like incredible, like incredibly fine designs <laughs> that you've become so well known for. Do you think um, for our, for our listeners who perhaps aren't super familiar with your story, maybe they're not on Instagram yep, and stuff? Yep. Can you can you just talk us through your kind of journey in the space a little bit it, go, it goes right back right 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 back um, my daughter is 18 uh, that's where the story kind of starts in terms of um, my baking journey mm. so um, making birthday cakes for her trying to like you know be exceptional and go over the top and make these you know designs and stuff but obviously they were out of a random little book and they were ugly but I thought they were great <laughs> was it like the Women's Weekly before yeah. the Australian yeah. Women's yeah. Weekly one yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, setting up Magnolia Kitchen came when Charlotte was about nine uh, and then I met my husband and we um, decided to have a baby another baby James and he was the business plan so in my head I was like go on maternity leave, I'll never go back, I'll just grow Magnolia Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have glossed over so much. Yeah, um, yeah, grab yeah. the book, read it. <laughs> there's like, you know, there's some good chats. And it, it, I, I love writing. That's what I've found through this, this journey is I love writing. Yeah, Magnolia Kitchen's Bernadette G there. Um, it really is quite something. It's one of those places where you, you just go in there and marvel at what they've created. Um, I, I did look up once how much it would cost to get them to make a cake for domestic manager's uh, 50th birthday. And, um, yeah, let's just say they weren't having a Black Friday sale. And I just went w- with one from the supermarket. Um, that has been New Toys Have Been the weekend edition. I am the very cheap BNZB, and I'll see you back here again tomorrow for more cost-saving measures.